Welcome to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolsma, talking with you about all things Christian historical fiction. And we are back today with another terrific guest, another fabulous author. This time it is Laura Lee Bliss, and she is here to talk about her book, Escape from Amsterdam. This fabulous story is part of Barber Publishing's Heroines of World War II series. It's another installment in it, and I'm so excited to welcome her here and to talk about this book. I read it, I have loved it, and I'm so pleased that we finally got her on the show to talk to us about the book. Before we get to Laura Lee, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Please don't miss out on any of these terrific guests. I would feel so badly if you did. Also, follow Christian Historical Fiction Talk on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we're even on Pinterest. So you'll find lots of good information there, some good conversation, and some questions and polls and things like that. I've been on deadline, but I'm done now, and so I hope to be more active back over there again. That just about does it. If you would please join me now in welcoming Laura Lee Bliss to the show. Welcome to the show, Laura Lee. It is so good to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Liz. It's great to be with everybody, too. I have been trying to fit in as many of the authors from the Heroines of World War II series that is out now. I was a part of it, and there are lots of great authors. And I saw your book come out, and I saw the title Escape from Amsterdam. And just as a disclaimer, you did ask me to endorse it, which I did. And I did. I absolutely, truly loved it. But being Dutch myself and seeing a book set in the Netherlands, I just had to read it, had to endorse it and had to have you on the show. So it's so good to have you here. Thank you so much. I appreciate those words. And I must admit, this is my first time that I've set on one of my novels outside the U.S., so it was a little bit of a challenge that way with the culture and the language, took a lot of research, and it was good for me, too, because I had that one-on-one experience. My husband actually won a trip through his foreign exchange company to Amsterdam, and that's how this whole book began, and visiting the country and you know, just seeing it for yourself really helps lend a more authentic flavor to the book. So I was happy I was able to do that. Yeah, I was going to ask you one of the questions down the line was how did you get all those little Dutch details? Right? Because I'll admit, even though I'm Dutch, I have never been to the Netherlands. It's on my bucket list. I will get there one of these days. But I grew up in the culture. My dad is first generation American. So, so much of our life still revolves around that culture. Like you would never walk into our house with your shoes on. You just don't, you know, I'd probably ask you to slip them up. That's just one of the tiny little things. And there were a million little details that you had in there. And I'm like, that's right. That's right. That's the way it is. That's what we're like. So I guess that's how you did it. So you did a fabulous job. I loved it. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, it, 
just bringing that authentic flavor, it's it's tough, though. It still required a lot of research. And one thing I realized, too, and I learned this, you know, some of you may know Tracy Peterson, well-known author. She used to be an editor over at Barber Publishing. And she mentioned to me once when we were doing research on books, she said, never get your research from Wikipedia alone. She said, <laughs> you know, should I say garbage at times? But let's just say that it's not the the best source. And so she always said, you want to at least substantiate the sources for your books from where you're getting your research, at least three or four places. So I spent a lot of time on multiple sites, Dutch, World War II, otherwise, to get the details for this book to make sure, okay, is this this what's supposed to be happening? Is this the way they would say it? Is this the way they would celebrate and I'm not I'm going to butcher the Dutch names. I, I did this on on my gathering on Facebook <laughs> that I was trying to do Dutch language like Pash Javan, which is their packages, giving them packages for Christmas. <laughs> and so I would be on the, you know, on the research of that, making sure that I've uh, shared the Christmas festivities that the Dutch love to celebrate. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was uh, quite eye opening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I My Dutch is non-existent pretty much but I did I do remember there was a Christmas scene in there and Sinterklaas and uh, Schwarze Piet and I'm like oh yes yes <laughs> so, so much fun <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is totally way off the subject but my family is from the far northwest province of the Netherlands called Friesland and they have their own language so what I know is more than likely Friese rather than Dutch. Yeah, that's what I say. My Dutch is non-existent. Well, we've been just chatting away here and we haven't even given you a chance to introduce yourself to the listeners. So <laughs> let's back up a little bit. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, everybody. I'm Laura Lee Bliss. I've been in the publishing field now for probably, oh, I was thinking about this the other day, how many years it's been. It's been at least 27 years, almost 30 books mm-hmm. on historical contemporary romance, and then also two nonfiction books, because as long as I'm a writer, I'm also a wanderer. So you'll see that when you visit my website at lauraleebliss.com. But So I've written over 30 books and I've wandered probably 10,000 miles of trails. So I wrote two books on those adventures as well in my hiking adventure series, Mountains, Madness and Miracles on the Appalachian Trail, and then Gators, Guts and Glory on the Florida Trail. So I've kind of delved into different aspects of writing and wandering with both the fiction and the nonfiction. So besides that, I love to garden. I love to travel. I just came back from a great trip out West. Um, Our beautiful United States has some beautiful parks to visit. Came back uh, from a trip in June and And I have a wonderful husband that supports all my adventures, whether it be for researching a book or wandering on a trail. And then, of course, I have my pups here, including Belle, who's a brand new mini Australian shepherd. She's only eight months old, so she keeps you busy. Oh, yeah. I'll bet. (laughs) That sounds wonderful. Let's talk about, I, I have so many questions to ask you about yourself and some of your adventures and everything, but let's talk about Escape from Amsterdam for a little while. Tell us a little bit about the book. 
Okay, Escape from Amsterdam, of course, is set during a traumatic time in the Netherlands, which is the invasion of the Nazis that basically occupied the country throughout World War II during the 40s, early 40s, 40 to 41 to 45. So the book takes place there. And as I mentioned earlier in our discussion, I was able to visit Amsterdam with my husband and visited actually the Jewish quarter, the central part of Amsterdam, and there learned about the Jewish families and others being deported from the country during the 40s. And those that decided to put their lives on the line to rescue at least the children from being deported and likely death at Auschwitz. So this is where the story comes in with those examples of heroism and from that devised a novel, if you will, with a fictitious hero and heroine. We have Helen and Eric. But in within the book, we also talk about several characters that did live. Johann von Halst, who was the president of the college across from the deportation center, and then Henrietta Pimentel, who oversaw the nursery across from there too. And both of them together saved over 600 children from Nazi hands. So this is where the book comes in. And this is what the book works with is basically two ordinary Dutch people doing ordinary things that God is called upon to do something extraordinary and beyond what they could even imagine during a very, very difficult time. Yeah. And the more and more I write World War II fiction and delve into the lives of some of these people who lived these events, it you're right. It's just ordinary people who find themselves in these extraordinary circumstances and who do things that you and I and everybody else, we could never imagine doing. I don't think it just, it's mind boggling almost what they survived and, and what they managed to do and how they put their lives on the line. Like you said, for 600 people, they did this. It's just amazing. Well, I think what folks tend to not understand either is that the Netherlands lost the largest amount of the Jewish population. You know, most of the people just thought if they obeyed the government or authorities or the, or the Germans that their lives would be spared. And that's not what happened. And there were other countries, I actually hinted this with Belgium and others that knew what was happening and did whatever they could to survive. And it took a while for the Dutch people to realize they need to do this. So not only with the children, but for others that hid as well, the survival rate, if you did hide, was 70%. If you did, two-thirds, if you didn't, two-thirds of the Jewish population actually did not survive the Holocaust. So, but those that did go into hiding, and some of them, you know, they were hiding in the floorboards of a house, in the attic, in barns. I mentioned a little bit of this. I don't want to give a lot away in my book because it's it's just... You know, as a writer, we always like to want to sell our works. But honestly, this book just gives um, honor to those that just did everything. And, and you know, Henriette Pimentel at the nursery gave her life. You know, when the Germans came and raided them after after a while, they, they got wind of what was happening. They raided um, her nursery and she and her and her staff actually perished in Auschwitz. So there are people that gave their lives. And so this is what who the book honors are those that did that. And there were a lot of them, even though the Netherlands lost so many Jews in the Holocaust. And you touched on some of the reasons. There were a lot of reasons that we could go into, but we won't hear why that was. But they also had one of the most active resistance groups and networks in all of Europe during the Second World War. 
Yes, they did. One of the seeker groups called the NV, they were very important with actually also helping to rescue children. So they were very involved. They did their best with that. They did their best with trying to, you know, disturb communications, you know, try to infiltrate in other ways. And there's actually a very interesting resistance museum. This is something you should need to check out, Liz, when you go. But a <laughs> resistance museum in central Amsterdam is a must if you're visiting the the city. I mean, we all want to go to the Van Gogh Museum or others, but definitely making a trip to central Amsterdam. They're going to, they should be finishing the, actually the Holocaust Museum, which will be in the old theater, which was the deportation center. That should be opening soon, but absolutely also the Resistance Museum and just seeing how they smuggled ration cars, you know, and baby carriages and, you know, and it just, they did all kinds of activities. Yes. Now, you touched on the children, and that's what your book focuses on, correct? Your hero and your heroine are involved in rescuing and saving children, correct? Yes, yes. And it's what I decided to do, too, is instead of starting on right off with all the action, I build up to it. I think in many ways, the Lord tends to you know, make sure that we go step by step in things that he's called us to do. And this is what I lead the reader along with in Escape from Amsterdam. It's a step-by-step working in both Eric and Helen, the hero and heroine, to get them ready for this monumental thing that they will be doing. So there's a number of different scenes with children, a number of them showing them, you know, how God is preparing their hearts and their lives for what they will do. It's interesting. I just finished a book. And it was all about how God prepares us for what we are to face in our lives. And it's so interesting to see how he uses things, both good and bad in our lives to get us ready for the job he has prepared for us and the things he has set out in front of us. So that's very interesting that you bring that out in the book. Yes, absolutely. You know, God is a very wise father. He's not going to put his children in situations that we're not ready for, you know, it seems like at times we're not ready because things will suddenly come down the pike. And, you know, I've, I've had some major things happen in my life and I'm like, God, you know what you're doing. And he always does, even though it appears that you don't know what's happening or what, or why you're going through this or what you're going to be doing, but realize this is where our faith comes in that God understands and he knows what we can handle and he knows what we can do. And faith really plays a large part in this book, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. There's a scene where Helen is waiting to tell Eric what she believes God has called her to do. And she really has to put her faith out there and say, is this something we're going to do? And then Eric is questioning, is this something we're going to do? The both of them are questioning. And so what do they do? They turn to prayer. They turn to just getting alone with God and allowing him to fill you with the strength you need to go forward in what you believe you're called to do. That's beautiful. Speaking of beautiful, I have the book right here in front of me and the cover is just gorgeous. I think in general, Barbara has done a wonderful job with these covers and yours is no exception. Can you tell us a little bit about the evolution of the cover for Escape from Amsterdam? Well, the nice thing, I remember working with Barbara 
long ago, we had to fill out these sheets, you know, that talked about, okay, what does the hero look like? What's the heroine look like? What are the major scenes of the book? We had these, you know, big cover sheets we filled out and like that. So, but basically Rebecca Germany is the editor with Barber Publishing and she wants to know what you're kind of feeling as far as the cover goes. What are some ideas, you know, really having the editor work with you as the author to have an idea. And I knew on my cover, I wanted something with children running. So she actually told me the gallery of pictures that they will use, you know, usually for, you know, to, to do some selections of different pictures that might work out for a cover. And so I spent, I think, a couple hours scanning for pictures, and then I would give her some of my favorites. And I think, you know, I gave, I gave some ideas of maybe having like the heroine with a child in hand, And then I decided to also share just some pictures of children alone. You know, there were some that were looked like they were escaping a a concentration camp, which isn't in this book. But, you know, just the idea of children, you know, on their own trying to escape danger. And I think from that, Becky and others decided that having a child on the book would be um, a good representation of it. Yeah, I think so. They did a great job. You did a great job with that theme because I always feel like covers should kind of tell the story without giving it all away, of course. And, and it does, you know, right away that it's about children and children who are in trouble. And so I think the cover is fabulous. All right. 10,000 miles of hiking. I've been dying to ask you this now. Where yes, do you a, hike? A lot of hiking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of hiking. That's a lot of miles. <laughs> I walk in the morning, but I'd have to walk. I don't know till I was 200 to get 10,000 miles. And I think, I don't know. <laughs> Where have you hiked and, and give us an adventure or two that you had along the way? Well, I actually realized as I'm getting my newsletter together, I encourage you to uh, look at lauraleebliss.com, sign up for my newsletter because I'm celebrating this month, 15 years of completing the Appalachian Trail for the first time. I've actually done it twice, but completing for the first time with my son, who was a teenager, he was 16 and he did it with me, which is where we talk about it in my book, Mountains, Madness and Miracles. So that was kind of on my list to do when I was probably a teenager myself. I really wanted to hike the AT or Appalachian Trail. So I've done that trail twice and I've done multiple other trails as well. Plus, I've done a lot of hiking just because it was a job for me up in Shenandoah National Park where I live. You know, I walked along the trail and helped hikers and stayed with them at campsites. And I got paid for that job for six years. So totaling all those miles plus the miles on our national scenic trails and other trails um, around the country. That's where I get that big 10K figure there, but it's all been interesting. I have, I've been in just about everything. I've been at 13,000 feet. I've been at sea level. I've been in all kinds of storms. I've been in, I've had all kinds of interesting things happen. I, as Gators Guts and Glory shows I've been in a a muddy field where the mud I sank into like quicksand mud it was almost like and couldn't get out of it and thought I'd be a permanent statue there. (laughs) I've had my food run out. I've been struck with all kinds of weather situations. And then I just finished a trail just this past March, which is interesting because I'm I'm in the middle of writing and finishing and editing a book, which was this book, Escape from Amsterdam, 
And I told the editor, I said, I'm leaving March 1st to go on the Pinoti Trail, which is in Alabama. And so we worked together feverishly to get everything done and get ready for that trip. But I mean, even on that hike, and I've been hiking now for, you know, probably around 15 years, 15, 16 years. You know, I had a water situation where I could not cross it. The water was so high, I would have been swept away and had to find mm -hmm. a different way to go and basically had to navigate through woods and locate a different river crossing to go through it and came up with water past my hips and with a backpack on. So I've been in it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I guess so. You are a better woman than I am. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I, I love to walk and I like to hike, but yeah, I don't know if I could face down weather and gators and all that kind of stuff to, to do that, but very fascinating. It was definitely an adventure and you got to have a couple of those in your life. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, for sure. It's, it is always good to have an adventure and somehow everything just turns into an adventure with me, no matter what it does. I don't have to go on a trail <laughs> to get into an adventure. So what do you have coming up next? What are you working on now? Well, I'm just finishing up the edits and I have a wonderful novella collection coming out called Christmas Angels of Virginia. And I, I live in Virginia and it's got wonderful history. We have pre-colonial history. We have colonial history. We have, of course, the Civil War history and, you know, home to presidents here. So I'm very excited about this collection it uh, takes place in three different centuries. You know, we have Jamestown, we have Williamsburg, and then we have the Battle of the Civil War battle in Fredericksburg. So that will be coming out October 1st, that collection as well. So looking forward to that. And others are in the works as well. So just stay with me at lauraleebliss.com. You sign up for the newsletter too. That'll keep you in touch with everything that I've got coming out. And as you know, in next year, you're going to find yourself in an adventure in Mammoth Cave. So you never know where you're going to be with my books. <laughs> right. <could> be anywhere. <laughs> that, yeah, that sounds great. Looking forward to that Christmas collection. Christmas novellas are always so much fun. I look forward to them every year. So we'll be looking forward to that one coming up. Do you have any last words for the listeners? You know, I would just encourage you to walk day by day with the Lord and you may be, you know, sending the kids off to school or taking care of grandkids or trying to figure out what to do with your new puppy like I am or just feel like life is kind of like, okay, same old, same old. But remember that God does extraordinary things with ordinary people. So just walk the path that you're walking right now. Trust in him for everything and see his love shining through you and through others. Wonderful. I love that. And so I would highly encourage everyone to go to lauraleebliss.com. There will be a link for it in the show notes and check out Laura Lee and subscribe to her newsletter. Keep up with her. Thank you so much for joining us today. It has been so wonderful talking to you and come back soon. Thank you. It's been great to see you all. Thank you. That was a wonderful chat. And isn't Laura Lee an interesting person? I can't imagine hiking 10,000 miles. Like I said in the interview, she is a better woman than I am. And she is also a terrific author. Please, if you haven't read Escape from Amsterdam yet, please go pick the book up and read it. You will love it. It's so well done. The Dutch details in there are so perfect. The story is captivating. You're going to really enjoy it. So please, I highly recommend that. 
If you would like more information about Laura Lee or about Escape from Amsterdam, or if you would like a handy link to get the book, then please visit my website, liztolsma.com. The show notes and everything else will be there for you right at your fingertips. Also, while you're there, please check out my Patreon account. Please consider becoming a patron of Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I would so appreciate any support that you could give me so that I can keep producing this and you get some great perks if you become a patron. So please consider that. Also remember, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, follow us there so you get information there as well. Next week on the show, I am so pleased that Amanda Wen is going to be joining us. It was the first time that I got to talk to her. We've taped the interview a while ago, but she was such a wonderful guest. We had a great time, lovely interview, just fabulous. And she came and she talked about her new book, The Songs That Could Have Been. Oh, you guys, so good. It's getting rave reviews. You're going to love it. Please join us next week when we talk to author Amanda Wen about her book, The Songs That Could Have Been. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. I appreciate you sharing with your bookish friends all about Christian historical fiction talk. I hope you have a great week and we will see you next time. 